What up, y'all? It's Jesse here, a.k.a. Jesse Prada, coming back at you with another episode on the Christ Convo podcast, where we inspire you to live the best way you can for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Listen, I hope this episode blesses you. Let's get into it, y'all. What up, y'all? So today, the topic is going to be about can your opinion be wrong? Now, I know that a lot of people have that mindset, like your opinion cannot be wrong. And I think the reason why is because we know that an opinion is a viewpoint that is formed, but it's not based on actual fact or empirical evidence. Um, And so I understand, like, for example, there would be an opinion that says pineapple tastes good on pizza. I would never do that. I think that's disgusting. But that's an opinion, right, of a food. Um, but I think that there that is more so of a surface-level opinion. But I think that there are opinions and perspectives that have been formed um, that uh, can be called into question. And so, like I said, I live – I don't know if y'all uh, know this, but, like, in my apartment, there's a train that goes by like consistently. So if y'all hear it, I apologize in advance. But yeah, so to go into this, I think it can be questioned. I think your opinion has a right to be questioned. And I think your opinion has the right to really be looked at at how it was formed and what the root of it was, right? And so just to give another, um, just to give something else a preface i guess this podcast my entire platform my entire podcast is to the christian audience this is not to atheists this is not to muslims this is not to people that don't believe in the bible so with my content and with what i release i go based off of the person listening to my podcast who claims to be saved who claims to follow jesus who claims to name the name of the Lord, right? And so if these are things that apply to you, there's a certain standard, there's a certain way to live that is outside and separated from the context of the world, right? So I just wanted to throw that out there, that I'm not just talking to anybody because I know not just anybody is going to receive what I'm saying, but this is for those who claim to be God's children, right? Now, when we look at opinions, when we look at perspectives and viewpoints that have been shaped and molded for us over the years, right, we have to remember this is why the Bible, you know what I'm saying, in the beginning when we start walking with Christ, think about it. When John the Baptist came, right, Jesus, when he came, what did they preach? They both preached, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand, right? So when you look at that word repentance, I'm pretty sure many of you have studied it or many of you have heard that the Greek word for repentance is metaneo, and it means to change your mind, to change the way that you think, the wiring of your your mind, right? Um, even when it comes to uh, your thoughts, you know, it's the Bible says, bring every thought to captivity, to the obedience of Christ. Opinions can form your thoughts, right? You can think something based off of a strong opinion that you have. 
Um, the Bible also says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You know, um, there's even scriptures that talk about us having the mind of Christ, right? So, or, or um, renew your mind daily. Um, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? So our minds are consistently being renewed. And so I think in a sense, like your opinion can be inaccurate. Your opinion can be wrong. And so I just want to go into that. I think we all know that sometimes, yes, opinions can be based off of preferences um, and simple things that you like. However, we also know that opinions can be based off of your trauma. Opinions can be based off of what happened to you. Opinions can be based off of your bondage <laughs> that you may not be even aware of, right? And so there's a respectful way to do it, of course. And there's a way to have something. There's a way to confront something in an individual with love and compassion and care, right? But for example, um, oh, wow, this is controversial. I've said it before, but I'll say it on here. Um, but my opinion is you should not be living with your significant other in a house or an apartment if you claim to be a Christian. Why do I think that? I think that because the Bible says God does not tempt man. So scripturally, we have information that proves that God would not intentionally put somebody in a situation where he will tempt them. Temptation comes from the devil. God is a God is aware of temptation, but he's not going to tempt you himself. So if you willfully place yourself in a situation where you are tempted I don't believe it's motivated by the spirit of God. Therefore, I don't think you should do it. Now, there are many people right now as Christians that think it's okay for their significant other to spend the night at their house. It's okay for them to sleep in the same bed with their significant other. It's okay for their significant other to live with them. And that's fine. However, I think we also have to we have to evaluate um, what the opinion results in. So in some instances, this opinion can cause somebody to be pregnant out of wedlock. This opinion can cause somebody rushing to the hospital. I'm sorry, not rushing to the hospital. This opinion could cause somebody to rush to Walmart to get a plan B for the person in the relationship or the woman in the relationship that could possibly be pregnant when you shouldn't be having sex. No way, because you're not married. This opinion can cause condemnation to overtake your heart because you consistently fall into fornication because it's not something that you're supposed to be doing. But this is happening because of the opinion that you don't think that it's wrong for you to be in bed with your significant other or for them to be living with you, right? So, and like I said, I'm not saying everybody in here has this opinion, but I'm just giving an example, right? And so the Bible says, you know a tree by its fruit. Opinions are always rooted in something, right? 
whether if it's just simple preference or things that have occurred in your life or past your life. I'm sorry, in 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 the past, you know, of your life. And so I think in this society where the world does not have to explain to anybody or they're not held accountable to anybody for what they believe. They just believe anything. You know, we live in a society where you could be whatever you want. If I decided that I wanted to be an elephant tomorrow, I could be that. Um, you know what I'm saying? You have many people that identify as certain things that we know by the natural eye, not even the spiritual eye, but the natural eye that y'all are not these, you know, um, y'all are not these orientations or things that you portray to be. And so, um, you know, but that's the world. So, you know, the world lives however the world lives. Um, I, I desire for the world to be saved, but I also know that the world is going to go its own way. But when you come into the kingdom, what you believe has the right to be evaluated. And I don't think that's bad. And I don't think we as Christians should run from it. And I think a lot of Christians do run from it because it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable for your belief as to why you shouldn't trust anybody to be questioned. It's 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 uncomfortable for your belief as to why nobody can tell you anything or can check you on your behavior and having that evaluated is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable when you come from a place of being able to do whatever you want, think whatever you think, and live however you want to live, from now coming into a kingdom and being subjected under a specific system and a specific kind of regulations that Jesus set in order through his word, to now you are held accountable for what you believe. You are held accountable. And I'm not talking about proving what you believe um, to people who are outside of the body of Christ, but I'm more so I'm also talking about a line of questioning that either you give to yourself or somebody else gives to you to really ask, okay, do does this align itself with the word? Okay. So um you have Another unpopular, I'm not, I'm not unpopular. It's a very popular opinion, actually. You have an opinion that says, I um, don't trust anybody. Don't trust nobody, okay? This opinion is formulated based off of the reality. I'm not going to sit here and be insensitive and say that people aren't wrong. But this opinion is formulated based off of the reality of somebody being hurt. OK, like or somebody having a frustration because they constantly put their they constantly put their heart out there. Right. Or they have put their heart out there in previous times and the person was not trustworthy and the person was not um, the person was not a, a good steward of the information. Right now, I th this is this is what I'm saying. I I do not deny the pain and the trauma that is associated with that opinion. So I don't like I said, I don't want people to think that I'm saying to be insensitive because that's not what I'm saying. But I think we also we cannot ignore that this is a perspective that is rooted 
in trauma and negative experiences. We can't we can't we can't ignore that. And it's not to say that we as believers from the external point of view of a person that is wrestling with this may be called to confront it because we might not always be. God may have to. But also that person who has that opinion has to be in a position for God to even come for that area, to come from that perspective, right? And so I think we guard certain things because of our bias, because of our trauma, because we are afraid of letting something go because we don't want to get hurt again or we don't want to be harmed in the way that we were before we allowed this opinion to be developed, right? But going about the perspective saying, I don't trust anyone. This world is out to get me. Everyone's out to get me. Nobody's on my side. That is an opinion that is counter scriptural because the Bible says love believes all things and hopes all things, right? It doesn't say love is easily deceived or love is gullible. But love hopes for the best. So if you are a person that lives from a perspective of a pessimistic mindset, your opinions or mindsets or belief patterns are counter scriptural. Because if love is supposed to hope all things, then we as Christians have been implored by God to exhibit many elements, but specifically also that element of love, right? So these, the, the, what, I'm, what I'm basically just saying is, is we have to come to the, we have to be very sober when it comes to our opinions. We have to be very honest, amen, with ourselves when it comes to our opinions. And we have to ask ourselves, okay, where did this opinion come from? Did it come from trauma right did it come from god or like did it come from my relationship with god like because you as a christian can formulate opinions and perspectives that i guess you could say might not be based off of scripture but based off of your interactions and your relationship with god it is an opinion that you choose to form right so another example that is rapid, you know, in the body of Christ. It's not just rapid in the world, but there are many people who have an opinion about a specific gender, one or the other. I've heard both people. I've, I mean, I've heard both genders. I've heard men develop specific opinions about women. I've heard women develop specific opinions about men. Okay. Now, the reason why these opinions have been formed, okay, is due to hurt, due to trauma, due to what has even been seen. Like another thing, too, is your opinion is not always formed by your experience. Your opinion can be formed by what you watch somebody else go through. Right. And so though you might not have went through it specifically yourself. You now put that on as your experience, because depending on who that person was, if they were close to you, you said, oh, bet they did my bro like this. This is what I think now. Oh, bet they did my sis like this. This is what I think now. Right. 
And so if you have this opinion saying, okay, um, this specific gender is this specific way or this specific gender is this specific way, you now, we, the, the thing is, is like I said earlier in the beginning, we cannot just test where the opinion comes from, but we also have to test what the opinion, what fruit is the opinion forming in your life, right? So the problem is with the whole perspective of this whole neutral idea of how opinions can operate in your life is because opinions do not have a neutral effect on a person. Or let me let me say this. Opinions do not always have a neutral effect on a person because if your opinion is forming bitterness in your life, that is not a neutral effect. That's a negative one. So and bitterness is something that we are called to put down. So I hope you guys get what I'm saying. So if you're right, you can have your opinion and your opinion is not based off of facts or empirical evidence. Right. But it's causing bitterness in your life, which is something that God in his word has shown that he needs to be uprooted inside of you. So this opinion is not something that is based off of a fact by fact basis, but it's producing something in your life that is against God's will for you. So now this is an example where it needs to be called into question. And I'm not just talking about that specific opinion, but I know that a lot of men and women have opinions about the other gender that are fueling their offense and bitterness towards the other gender. That's not God. I have I have people. Um, I'm not going to say I have people, but I know people in the church. Right. That are having. Um, I know people in the church that have specific opinions about the church that are fueling their offense and their bitterness towards the church. That's not God. You have people who have certain opinions that fuel and formulate bitterness towards possibly a specific individual, possibly their family members. Okay. Now, what I am saying is I am not negating the pain that you dealt with. I'm not negating the trauma that you dealt with. Okay, but what I'm saying is, is it needs to be called into question because these experience were not godly experiences. Therefore, if they fuel an opinion, it has an opportunity to produce an ungodly fruit in your life. Right. Here's an example for me. I was bullied in high school. Right. I was bullied in high school and I even had to come to terms with the fact that I was bullied because for me personally, right, I didn't just sit here and allow people to pick on me without saying anything. If somebody said something to me, I would say something back, right? And so it wasn't like I was just sitting here crawling up in a whole corner. But, you know, bullying doesn't matter whether if you respond or not. Bullying is the concept of, you know, degrading someone, putting someone down and like using your power to, I guess, somebody who would be considered a less sufficient individual or a weaker individual right and so though that's not what i felt i was or what was happening 
these were things that were occurring in my life. There go that train, my God. Um, but these these opinions or these perspectives that I would hold on tightly to would cause me to act like I was basically a robot. Um, so I would act as if I didn't have feelings. I would act as if I didn't have emotions. It made me have a selfish nature where I would mainly only look out for myself. Like as long as I got me in mind, I'm good. Right. So this is once again, like this is how I choose to believe. And so, like I said, in the world, you can believe whatever you want. And that's why it's dangerous. Right. You can genuinely believe whatever you want and nobody challenge it. But when you're in the kingdom, we can say, OK, why do you think this way? What, what is it about you that is what or what happened that fueled this thing inside of you? And then we can look at the fruit of this opinion in your life because opinions can have fruit. Right. So what I also want to say is something I've learned when it came to opinions. Right. That I have heard, I think. One, okay, there is a way, like I said, to go about confronting and evaluating opinions in a loving way. Like we don't have to be rude in order to do it. We don't have to be insensitive in order to do it. We can still confront opinions with love and kindness. But it's also like recognizing that there's the the, the opinion is the opinion is rooted in something but it's not the root so the root is the experience or the event that occurred the opinion right or i'm sorry the the, the event is the experience i'm i'm sorry what am i trying okay the root is the experience or the event that formulated the opinion right the tree is the opinion and then the fruit is what the opinion is producing based off of the rooted situation. So when it comes to these conversations, it's because for me, I'm going to be real. I used to be very, very zealous. I used to be very, very, and I, let me, let me say this. There's nothing wrong with zeal, right? The Bible says the zeal of the Lord will consume me. So there's, there's nothing wrong. Or you or there's, another, there's, a, there's another scripture that says, zeal for your house will um will uh accomplish this or something like that so scripture shows that zeal is a good thing zeal uncontrolled right that's the issue it's the same thing that i said about my last my last podcast when it came from the dream right when i was talking about you know sex right and sex is a gift that god gave us but there was a apologist that compared sex to fire and so zeal is like fire as well when you put fire in a fireplace in your house it produces warm and comfort right and it regulates the temperature in your house and it produces a very satisfying environment for your home but if you put fire anywhere in your house it will burn your house down it's the same thing with your zeal if your zeal is not contained you will begin to damage people, okay? And these are this is something that I have literally lived out, okay? Though there were people who were blessed by my 
recent conversion to Christ a couple years ago, there were also people that were hurt because of how insensitive that I was and how willful I was in expressing myself without the consideration of another person. So what I used to do is when I would have conversations with people, I would simply dismantle um, what they thought with my scriptural beliefs. And I would say information wise, I was correct. I was accurate. Heart posture wise, heart posture wise, I was inaccurate and I was incorrect and I was out of order because the way that I confronted their ideologies was not the same way that Jesus would have. And in the time I was ignorant and I thought he would have, I thought Jesus would have came to these people knowing that he was perfect and not wrong in any capacity and did not care about their feelings and emotions. When the Bible clearly says in Hebrews chapter five, that we do not have a high priest that cannot relate to our deficiencies. And that's not specifically what it says. I'm paraphrasing. But if you go and you read Hebrews five, it talks about Jesus being the high priest and how he was the perfect high priest because the high priest in the Bible times, they had to be acquainted with the struggles of the people that they were representing to God. So the role of a high priest is twofold. The role of an intercessor, the role of a priest is twofold. His role is to represent God to the people, but his role is also to represent the people to God. And so Jesus was able to represent us to God because he was able to relate to our struggles, to our temptations, to our pain, right? To our affliction. He was able to relate to that. And so what I recognize is, is what will really give you, and I guess I'm just giving you some pointers right now, stuff that I learned, what will give you authority or what will give you the ability to convert somebody's, I'm not talking about convert their belief in Jesus, but to pull them out of a opinion that is producing demonic fruit in their life is you recognizing why the opinion was formed, right? So for example, if I cut down or if I cut a weed, if I simply just cut the stem of the weed, the weed has the ability to grow back again because I have not eradicated the roots of that weed. And so when that's how it is with people. You have to deal with the root as to why people think what they think. First, what it does is it allows one, that person to know and recognize that you care about them and that you love them and their traumatic and harmful experience that they witnessed, that you're not excusing it and looking over it just simply because what they think may be wrong. What I also noticed is like, though a lot of people are prideful, if you approach people with humility and with love, they will be more than likely willing to listen to what you have to say. The Bible says a gentle answer, I believe, turns away um, wrath. And so, you know, if you go up to somebody with a gentleness in heart, when confronting something or when evaluating a perspective that they have 
it will cause them to genuinely see, okay, wow, like maybe I should change what I believe. Or because they recognize and see the kind of person you are, it will open up the room for them to ask, well, interesting. Well, Jesse, what do you believe? And they are, the thing is, is like, what you believe is going to be true if it's based off of scripture or if it's fueled by scripture one way or another, right? But people are more willful to hear what is inside of you when you exude a personality that is Christ-like. And I'm not saying we're trying to please people because Jesus was contradictory. Jesus was controversial. But the thing is about Jesus, Jesus was controversial because the message he was carrying was controversial. He was not intentionally trying to be controversial to people. You get what I'm saying? He was not saying, oh, bet, let me go counter this perspective and this argument and fuel something between me and another person. That's not what he was doing. Um, but he lived out a life where people were con people were confronted in their opinions based off of the way he lived, too. So sometimes even also our evaluation or our confrontation of an opinion of some to somebody that we may love or that we may care for doesn't always have to be by our words right or it could be by our words right sometimes i've been confronted by conversation not with me and a person directly but because i've listened to a group of my friends talking and i was listening in that moment and it was confronting something that i was believing right or other times they're confronted by the way that you live. You know what I'm saying? If you just love on them and you live counter to their opinion, it may fuel something in them to evaluate this opinion in their life that is causing demonic fruit in, in the way that they're living, right? So, and then also, if you go for the root, the tree can't live. And it can't grow again. Right. So the reason why I'm just sharing this is because I believe it's important to ask ourselves. Right. And the thing is, is even if there's not in a, even if there's not a person around you that can confront or evaluate your opinions. Right. In a respectful and loving way. First things first is I would say you should pray that God sends those kind of people to you. Because it's fruitful in your life. Okay. And like, I'm not talking about people that are immature. I'm not talking about people that vicariously live for Jesus through your consecrated life. I'm talking about people who love God for themselves, who have their own fire, who have their own prayer life, who have their own consistent seek, who are mature in the spirit. Right. I would say definitely pray and ask the Lord to place those kind of people around you. And it, so it's important. It's important for you to have your opinions questioned and evaluated. And I'm not talking about every single opinion that you have. Right. But I think when you have the Holy Spirit and you open yourself up to him, he will show you the specific mindsets that are inside of you that might need to be, you know, revisited. Right. Um, and that's not bad. 
It's conforming to Christ. Because I wonder what kind of opinions Jesus had. Because Jesus was a man. So if Jesus was a man and he dealt with everything man dealt with, he had opinions. He had perspectives. He had preferences. I just wonder what they were. Um, We won't ever know fully what they all were, you know. But like I said, you can judge a tree by its fruit. You can judge an opinion or a perspective based off of the fruit that it is producing in your life. If this opinion or perspective is causing you to act in a way that is against the qualities of the fruit of the spirit, it's it should be questioned. And then in addition to asking God to placing people in your life to help you, you know, what I'm saying uh, to help you see and evaluate your your opinions or your perspectives that you hold tight to, I think as well. You have to um, get to a place to where you are mature in God, where he can do it by himself. That you can die to your opinion without anybody intervening. And in prayer, he can confront you and say, you think this way, but this is not according to how I desire for you to think. This is not according to my will for your thought process anymore. And you, we need to be in a place to where we are mature and submissive and obedient enough to simply just say, yes, Lord, I'll, I, I will lay my opinion down at the altar. Because your opinion, now what I will say is this, your opinion can, this whole idea of like your opinion cannot be wrong because it's not based off of empirical evidence, fine, right? I don't necessarily agree with that because like I said, I, I believe if your opinion is producing fruit in your life that is counter to the scripture, then it's wrong and it needs to be changed and reevaluated. But in addition to that, your opinion can become your idol. You can you can idolize your opinion. It can produce the fruit of idolatry in your life. Right. There are people that hold tighter to their opinion than they do to Jesus. Your opinion is blocking your intimacy with Christ. It's a thing. You got people. I don't I don't know what. Uh, I don't know if you have uh, people in your life that say this. I used to say this. I know people that say this. There's this um, statement that we all say and we add our own thing to it. Um, at the end, but like, I'm never doing such and such. That's not going to happen. I'm not doing that. And that needs to be questioned. That needs to be brought through the ring of fire because why aren't you doing that? Or why won't, why will you never do this thing? If it's not counter scriptural and if God never instructed you not to do it, and if it's not harming anything in the kingdom or society or anything like that, but you simply just don't want to do it. There, 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 there is something I think needs to be evaluated. And like I said, it's uncomfortable, but we're in the kingdom now, baby. 
So all this mess that we had in the world, like I'm telling you, this is not we have to come out of the place of thinking that this is a democracy and we can just think however we want and God's going to be OK with it. The Bible says we are to have the mind of Christ. So when you are in the kingdom, your own perspective and the way like I'm telling you, if those kind of things if you're not willing to lay those down at the altar, you will stop elevation for yourself in the kingdom because God is not going to promote certain people based off of their mindsets and opinions because your opinion, though it is your opinion, it can cause you to act in a way that is unbiblical. Seriously. Right. And so, um, you know, I just hope that this challenge you. Um, and that you really heard my words. And I hope that this provoked you to, you know, go into prayer and go go into the go to the altar and say, Lord, are there any opinions? Are there any perspectives, views that I have right that I want and I don't want to give up? But you're asking me to give it up. Right. So um, I just hope that I hope you guys heard what I was saying, I hope you guys understood. Um, at the end of the day, this is about becoming more and more like Christ and asking him what he thinks about a situation, right? You can tell when you've grown, when something has occurred in your life. And before you sit here and think and formulate, you say, Lord, what are your thoughts? Even God says it in his word. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Right. What is what is your viewpoint on this? Right. So. Yeah, I think that's mainly it. Oh, last last scripture. There's there's a scripture in the Bible that says all things are lawful, but not all things are beneficial. Right. So. That is an example where the Bible is saying you can think however you want. You can do whatever it is. You know, what I'm saying you desire. Right. But it's not beneficial. Right now, what what is what is an example? Because mm. I'm thinking because that that that's a good scripture to use right there, because there are things that believers I'll put it like this. There are things that believers do that are not sin, but can cause things to happen that God is not pleased with. So an example would be alcohol. Now everybody has their own opinion about this, right? Now I don't drink. I've never tasted a lick of alcohol. If I could be real. However, somebody can look at me as a minister, as a whole ordained prophet. And let's just say I go to the bar with them. Or I invite them to my apartment and I'm chilling and I get me a little glass of wine and I start drinking my wine and I'm chilling. Drinking wine is not a sin, right? But if that person's a babe in Christ, it can lead them to say, oh, you know, when I was with Prophet Jesse, he drank wine. So, you know what? Like, I'm able to drink wine, too. And because they don't have the maturity and the ability to steward over their freedom, 
they now fall into drunkenness. Now, don't get me wrong. Drunkenness is a sin and they are, you know, they need to repent to God for that sin. But I have a form of responsibility as an ordained minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ to carry myself in a way that does not cause those that are immature to stumble. And so if I had not possibly openly drank wine in front of that person, right, it wouldn't have led them to say, oh, bet I can get drunk right now because that's something in the Bible that God holds leaders accountable to. Jesus said, if anyone calls these little ones, little ones meaning immature people in the faith to fall, it would be better for a millstone to be tied around his neck and he be cast into the sea, right? So this is an example. This is the perfect example when what I did was not sin in itself, but it produced something that God was not pleased with, which was sin. <laughs> so, you know, it's just something that really needs to be gauged, really needs to be gauged. And you need to be mature in order to do this. Like if you're immature, you cannot do this because only the mature can submit. Only the mature can evaluate the things that they hold tight and precious to their heart pertaining to their perspectives and their mindsets and their ideologies and lay it down before God. It takes maturity. And so I'm just calling you onto a greater place of maturity to die to your opinions, to evaluate your opinions and to see if your opinions are producing something that are counter scriptural. Right. So, you know, there's another scripture. I'm sorry. I keep going. I keep going. I keep going. But I'm I'm starting to think of scriptures now that are important. And I just want to keep you like in the loop of what I'm hearing from God. There's another scripture that says. Don't let your good be evil spoken of. So there are situations where. You. Can you can do things and because of the perception of other people, it can look like evil is being done. And I'm not sitting here and saying that you should live your life for the pleasure of people, right? However, you should be aware as a man or as a woman of God that people are watching and that people can pe and people have the right to perceive what is taking place based off of certain things that you allow yourself to happen. So here's an example. Here's another opinion that I believe, right? This is not in scripture, technically speaking. However, this is an opinion that I believe. I don't believe whether if it's a girlfriend or a boyfriend, I don't believe two opposite sexes should be in the house together for long periods of time, such as, you know, six hours just a boy and a girl chilling in the crib alone or um even at night we'll just say at night i know a lot of people don't like it you can call me religious or legalistic i don't care um but i don't think it's wise even if a man and a woman have a brother and sister relationship and they've known each other for years and nothing romantically has happened to them 
I don't believe it's wise for them to be chilling in another whoever's house or other person's place until midnight by themselves because somebody could look at that and be like, oh, like y'all are out here doing that. And it could be somebody who's, like I said in the previous situation, does not have the maturity or the self-control to deal with that level of freedom. And so because they saw y'all do it, they invite this person or this, yeah, they invite this person of the opposite sex that they end up having attraction for. And now they fall into sexual sin. And don't get me wrong, that is their responsibility once again. But God holds you accountable for that kind of stuff. As the person who allowed their good to be evil spoken of. We think God just turns a blind eye and a nose to this. He turns his nose away from it or his, he, I'm sorry, he, that wasn't the right way. But we think God just turns a blind eye to that kind of stuff. No, God holds you accountable to that kind of stuff. There's a certain awareness that you should have. <laughs> and, you know, if you don't believe me, that's fine. You'll, you'll see. And I pray that the Holy Spirit convicts you and shows you that those kind of things matter to him. He does not just simply throw those things by the wayside, but they hold weight in his eyes, right? So once again, your opinion, your perspective, what you think, right, may not be sin in itself, but it can produce actions in your life that can produce sin and things that God is not pleased with. And so if that's the case, then I believe that it should be reevaluated. And it should be brought before God, not even saying, right, that it's not even saying that God would specifically ask you to change it um, unless you're consistently doing it or you're consistently exhibiting this opinion in your life. And it's causing something scriptural um, or it's causing something that is counter scriptural to manifest in your life or against the word of God then yes, I do believe. And I think like another thing too is, I'm sorry, last thing, y'all, last thing. I just want people to understand just because you don't feel conviction doesn't mean that you're good. I want people to really understand that. You can ignore somebody when they talk to you. You can be numb, right? So I hear people say, oh, I don't feel an ounce of conviction when I do this, or I don't feel an ounce of conviction when I do that. Maybe you're not as sensitive to the Holy Ghost than you thought. Maybe you don't know the Holy Spirit to the magnitude in which you think you do. Let's not chalk up to a lack of conviction to automatically saying the Holy Spirit is not saying anything because that's not true. You just might be so strong in your opinion that in this area, you are numb to the intervention of the Holy Spirit. And so if the Holy Ghost wanted to knock on your heart in this area, he couldn't anyway, because your opinion is so strong. Let that sink in. You can be numb to the spirit of God in specific areas in your life because of the strongness of your opinion. 
So once again, let's not chalk to a lack of conviction to the Holy Ghost not speaking. Maybe a lack of conviction is coming from a lack of consecration, a lack of spiritual awareness, possibly carelessness and negligence in your spiritual walk. And this is not fun to hear, but I'm I'm just challenging you. And I'm not saying this is always the case, but I'm also letting you know that this could very much so be a possibility. Right. Evaluate your opinions. Be submissive to what God has to say concerning your opinions and walk with the mind of Christ. All right. I love y'all and I will see y'all on the next episode. Peace. What up, y'all? I just want to say that I appreciate each and every person that decided to listen to this latest podcast episode. I hope you were blessed and I hope you enjoyed it. There is definitely more to come. If you have not followed me on Instagram, follow me at Jesse Prada at J-E-S-S-E-P-R-O-D-A. And I will see you all on the next episode. Peace.